It's Jake, your host of Bears Nation Podcast, here to talk to you about Manscaped, new sponsor. You know, who amongst us who has not been trimming, you know, below the belt, down where it matters, and you kind of nick yourself or you got some tugging and you think, all right, we need a better razor here. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology. Guys, you're going to be feeling awesome after this. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave, take all the time you need to get all those nooks and crannies. It's also waterproof, so if you prefer to go in the shower and trim, go for it. That's what the waterproof is for. But one of the coolest features is the LED light. It shows you what you're doing, where you're doing it, and you could get a closer, tighter shave. They've also upgraded the trimmer to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget the charging stand. It's sleek and it's USB convenient, so you can charge at any time without any hassle. If you're listening to me speak right now, which you are because it's the Bears Nation podcast, I want you to experience it firsthand yourself. So time to get trimming. Get 20% off and free shipping with code SHI, C-H-I, at checkout at manscaped.com. You're going to thank me later. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old place. Welcome back, everybody. It's another edition of Bears Nation podcast. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano, as always. Uh, Today, we're going to be breaking down and recapping the Bears' loss to the Indianapolis Colts. We're recording this on Monday, so that game was yesterday on Sunday. And we're also going to preview the Thursday night Buccaneers game, just because, you know, crunch time, and we just decided to all do it in one episode, give you what you need leading up to Thursday's game instead of making you wait for it. So... That being said, let's get right into it with recapping the Bears' 1911 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Bears fall to three and one. Colts improved to three and one. And I, I know Kevin's got a lot to say on this. We all do. But the quarterback play, the offense play, was atrocious. Obviously, you only score 11 points, uh, and up until very, very late in the fourth quarter, you only had three all day to show for it, while your defense was once again outstanding and keeping you in the game every single drive, but the Bears just could not capitalize on it. Uh, Quarterbacks were bad. Receivers were bad. Offensive line was bad. Um, The only good thing was the defense, really, and that's kind of the long and short of it, except not really because we'll get into the long of it here real fast, but... um, yeah, I mean, three and one, and, and you're still okay going into this Thursday night game. You're still, of course, a loss like that always feels like you're 0 and 4 and not 3 and 1. But, I mean, that's my opening statement is end of the day, you're still 3 and 1. It's going to be how do the Bears respond? I mean, they, they've been great at responding this whole year, right? Whether, you know, it hasn't been game to game, but in game, responding to being down, having uh, large deficits and coming back. They've been great at responding. Um, but, you know, I God, I really wish we didn't have to recap this game. We can just fly straight into the Buccaneers preview, but we have to talk about it. I have a question for you guys. I mean, like, do you think that was the worst Matt offensive performance in Matt Nagy's uh, career as the Bears head coach? Because I would say it was. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, see, the funny part is we have to think about it. Why did uh, that Rams the, the Rams about? game the the Sunday night Rams game was pretty bad. That's that's fair. Oh, that's yeah yeah I, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that one actually yeah yeah I, I'm with Jake on that. So so the Rams game tops it. Yeah, but I mean God, I mean this is I mean. Oh, we're going to break it down, but that was probably that that might have been the most boring football game I've ever watched as a fan, as a Chicago Bears fan. I, I it was hard to watch the rest of that game and then Allen Robinson scores that late touchdown and everyone's like, "Oh my god, onside kick. They're going to do it. Maybe they're going to do it again." Um no, I mean that was that was never really reality in that game. So, um we're going to break it down, but Chris, uh what do you got to? Yeah, I mean <sighs> It, it you you guys pretty much hit it on the head with this. It's the uh, I felt like I was watching the 2019 Bears, um, just hopeless on offense and just praying that the defense you know, you know, picks up a turnover and and takes it back to the house because that's 
that was really – I was watching that game thinking that was the only way the Bears mm-hmm. were going to score. So, um, you know, just terrible offense. Um, you know, the, these problems are bigger than the quarterback. Um, it, it, I don't know. I, I just it, – it's shameful. It really is. Yeah, that that's the thing that I wanted to point out is the offensive line was absolutely terrible. And granted, this is a very good Indianapolis Colts defense. We talked about that last week in our preview episode for this game. Um, granted, they were without Darius Leonard, but – the offensive line looked absolutely putrid. The running game had nowhere to go. David Montgomery led the team with 27 rushing yards on 10 attempts. Uh, and you were just bad, all around bad. I think that the final total was 29 or 28 rushing yards on the day between everybody. Um, and it was bad, and that led to a bad quarterback performance as well. Nick Foles, 26 for 42, 249 yards, a touchdown and interception. I mean... That was very bad, and obviously after the Falcons game, we all were expecting better, and you didn't get it. But, I mean, there's that was just very extremely not what you wanted to see, especially, like I said, following that Falcons game when you thought, all right, there's an offense here. You scored 30 points for the first time since week 14 last year, and then you come out and you put up a stinker like this. Look, I said after that Falcons game, what I wasn't going to do is I wasn't going to crown Matt Nagy. I wasn't going to crown Nick Foles and ready to declare this offense the, a, a brand new Chicago Bears offense. I mean, and, and you guys all agreed with me on that. We knew that this wasn't going to turn into the Kansas City Chiefs, 35 points a game, fluidity all over the place. We're flying around. Oh, my God, it's amazing. No, that was never the case. And when you go up against a good defense like the Colts, you are not. You, you can't discredit them. Played a great game, okay? But it still has to be better. Like, you, you, that can't be an excuse there. I don't want to hear that as the only excuse for why the Bears didn't produce here. It goes so much beyond the fact that they had a good defense. I mean, you go out of the timeout. This The one play that stands out to me that's kind of representation of the whole game yesterday was they're in the red zone. They take a timeout. Out of the timeout, there's like this weird misdirection play. And, and then Nick Foles carries it for some reason for like one yard. And I don't know if there was a miscommunication. But out of a timeout... That can't happen. You drop your best play in the red zone. You've been a terrible red zone team all year. You're going up against good defense. you got to have a good play here. Just make a play. And you drop some stupid little thing to Dave Montgomery. Oh, they mess it up. And then Nick Foles is falling down on the ground for one yard because he can't go anywhere. Like – it's uh, it's baffling and and that's what you know what does it boil down to you know I, i'm gonna i nick Foles did not play well and i will get to that a lot more but when mitch trubisky wasn't playing well nick Foles not playing well what's kind of the common denominator here i mean it's matt Nagy, and i've been a matt Nagy guy simply for the whole culture thing okay because i'm a huge fan of culture i think culture plays a very very big role in how good your team is and the camaraderie of a team and that's all great and that's all fun but when you score 11 points a game and you bring him in here originally to turn you into one of the better offenses in the league, that's why they brought in Matt Nagy in the first place. And then you have a crap 2019 season, a 2018 season that was all right, but not the greatest. And then in 2020, it, no improvement. Then that comes down to the head coach. And there's a lot of other elements, too. It's not guys. It's not just the offense. It's not just the play calling. Look how the Bears come out to play every single week. Do they score points in the first quarter? No. Do they score points in the third quarter out of the second half? No. You know, is that's sure some of that is on the players not coming ready to play, but no, that, that's all on that's mostly on the coach who doesn't get his team ready to play week after week. It doesn't happen. It all boils down to Matt Nagy. I know we're going to be very hard on him, but it's deserving. I mean, there's been no improvements, and when you're consistently not ready to play, that's on the head coach. Yeah, um, you know, this is all it is to me. Uh, I genuinely think after the 2018 season, um, people just figured Matt Nagy out and he hasn't been able to adjust. And I, I honestly genuinely think that's all it is. I don't think, um, I think anything else is just people overthinking it. I don't do not think Matt Nagy is a good coach at all. X's and O's wise, at least um, this whole players coach stuff is cool, man, but this isn't AYSO. This isn't, you know, this isn't little league. Like we need to, we need results. And the offense hasn't looked good um, in two years. Uh, I mean, not two full years, but I mean, this we're going on the second year right now. So, um, look, we put up points. We put up points the first three weeks. Um, you know, the 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 score line looks good, but you know, the the offense still isn't moving how we want it to move, in my opinion. I think besides that, um, the second half with Nick Foles against the the Falcons. I mean, besides that, when has when did the has the offense looked good this year? And give me a quarter, they've looked good this year. Um, it's just you know. They're not consistent enough. The play calling is horrible. Um, and honestly, 
like when I'm watching the, this offense, it genuinely seems like the players just don't really seem like they're understanding. And 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 I don't know. I could be reaching here, but like it just seems like no one really knows what's going on. And and, I, and like I see players just kind of looking confused sometimes, and it, it's mind-boggling at this point. Like I I don't get it. I really do not. But I mean, this whole time. In my opinion, it's been Matt Nagy since the beginning of, 20, of the 2019 season. It's this is all on Matt Nagy. Yeah, Nagy was supposed to be this offensive genius, and we've only seen it in flashes. We've never seen it consistently. And really, for the most part, it's only been when you've been beating up on teams like the Buccaneers, for example, or the Cowboys last year when they were pretty beaten down and I think pretty injured as well, or the Bills a couple years ago when they were still very bad. So it's only really been when you play bad teams, you've never really seen it against an Indianapolis Colts or a Green Bay Packers. So that's concerning. And yeah, you haven't seen these, you know, these tricks and these, uh, the flow. I mean, that's, I haven't, I have not noticed what you pointed out, Chris, about the players seeming to not understand. I haven't like really been able to pick up on that, but I mean, maybe I just haven't been as aware or looking for it as much, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you see guys like Anthony Miller who have just not been able to find a role in this offense. Um, and maybe that is something on Nagy and not being able to game plan. Maybe there's something to what you said, Chris, but um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, there's just no improvement. There's just nothing, you know, no consistency. And I, to answer your question though, the, and I know Kevin had this on deck and in the holster, but the fourth quarter of the lions game was very good. Well, yeah, it was very good, but I mean, what it's, again, you, you brought it up. It's all about consistency, right? I mean, you, you, I mean, that's exactly what it is. And what did I say? I said the same exact thing last week too. You know, the reason why I wasn't going to crown Nick Foles man neg in the first place is because it still wasn't consistent enough. And even if they come out and score a lot of points next week, great. That's awesome. But what happens the week after that? Like, this has been the story of the Bears the past three years. It's been the story of Matt Nagy. Absolute inconsistency. Get your team ready to play for fourth court for four straight quarters. Is that too much to ask? Because I don't think it is. But apparently, with, with Matt Nagy, it is. And about the receivers and stuff, I, I think you make a great point. I'm literally watching the Patriots game right now, and a guy named Demir Bird has five receptions of 80 yards. Have you ever heard of that guy? Ever heard of a guy mm-hmm. named Jameer Bird? Like, we're talking about other teams making, you know, some of these guys who have far less talent than Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson, like, studs. And it happens to every team. Uh, Jamison Crowder, 100 yards with the Jets, the New York Jets, whose offense looked about 10 times better than the Bears' offense did on Thursday when they played against the Broncos. We're talking about the New York Jets here. Like, we talk about Anthony Miller's talent all the time. He's not really making plays all over the place. But, again, part of it is just – I don't know if like Nagy's not scheming his guys open, but it also boils down to player development. Like this is not a player who's gotten better over his two, three years with the team, has he? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can fairly say that you've seen significant improvement from an Anthony Miller from year 2018 to where he's at now, right? Absolutely not, not even close. If anything, if anything, he's regressed. Like, a- honestly, Tariq Cohen, um, you know, some of the guys on the offensive line. Uh, you know, the, the, the defenders have gotten better, um, but that's, you know, and Nagy's, I don't know. But, like, you, you look at these offensive guys, man, it's like, you know, it's so much promise. You know, they come out with so much promise. And, like, I'm hoping this isn't the case for Darnell Mooney either. I'm hoping he develops. But, you know, Darnell Mooney was like Al, uh, Anthony Miller was his rookie year. So much promise, man. He's making plays early on in the season. He's looking good, scoring touchdowns, making big time, going up and getting the ball. And then two years later, it's the same thing. You know, oh, three receptions, 40 yards. You know, oh, he'll, okay, 100 yards, uh, touchdown in one game. Okay, that's cool. Next game, oh, yeah, back down to, like, two receptions, 27 yards. Like, and and that's concerning, man. It is concerning. So, uh, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I, it's like I'm at a loss for words because we're so sick of this, man. And, and there's so much talent with these players and there's so much promise. And we can only talk so much about the X's and O's. And it's just, you know, you, you don't see the development. And, and that's terrible. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it honestly just feels like a vicious cycle. Like, you know, every year it's like this offense is going to, you know, this is the year, you know, um, you know, we brought in some new coaches to, to give Matt Nagy some tips <laughs> on how to, you know, this and that. And it's like, you know, it's just the same BS out on the field all the time. And I, I want to say one thing, one quick thing. Uh, or one, I have one question for you guys that's going to bring me to my next point. If if Cam Newton was the quarterback of the Bears right now, would the offense look better? Yes or no? 
Well, currently, as of this recording, no, because he has Corona. <laughs> well, so all right. Okay, that's, but let's assume, that's a pretty easy answer. Yes. Let's assume, let's, yes? yes. Assuming uh, health, okay. yes, I would assume so. Okay, but then, so that, that kind of brings us to my next point then. Is it really all on Nagy, or is there a chance that we just have two very bad QBs? And, and I'm not defending Nagy here. You guys know how I feel. But, it, like, it just, I mean, this is honestly who Nick Foles is to me. Like, the guy you saw yesterday is pretty mm-hmm. much what you're going to get, you know, give or take a, a little better or a little worse. But, I mean, like, it, it's Nick Foles, man. Like, I, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, you're not, you, you don't have world beaters. And that was my point all off season, all off season. Like, it's just now you've dug yourself into a hole to where it's like, whose fault is it? Like, you have to clean house because you don't know who, you know, if, if things go bad, I'm saying you have to clean house because it's like. Who do, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? You switch to a different QB who's, you know, also not known to, to be the most talented quarterback in Nick Foles. So and he's not really in the offense doesn't look too much better right now. So, you know, I I will give him I, I want to give Nick Foles more than one game. I, I don't think that's fair uh, to him. But, you know, it's just it, it's it's sad, man. It's sad. I, I don't know the exact word for it. It's just like, you know, it, it's deflating. I think that's the best word. Like you just. You're so excited. You think things are finally going to turn a corner, and, and they just don't. Let me, Jake, real quick, I want to say this, and then I want you to respond to this. So you, you talk about cleaning house, but the reason why I would say this is a little bit more on Matt Nagy than it is on Ryan Pace is because this offseason, Matt Nagy was in the ear of Ryan Pace saying, I want you to get my guy. Get my guy. Go out there. Get my guy. We've assembled this staff. He knows the system. Go get Nick Foles, okay? That's what I want you to do. Don't worry about Cam Newton. Don't worry about Ted, Teddy Bridgewater. I don't want any of those guys. I want you to go get my guy for my system, okay? Then he starts Mitch Trubisky, and now Nick Foles comes in, and it's really his last excuse. You have the exact guy that you wanted, you traded for, you, you got everybody around him. This is the one guy who's supposed to make it run and make it happen. And look what and, and look what happens, you know? So Nick Foles, there's a lot of blame there for Nick Foles, and I'm going to get into that. But, like, talking about that offseason decision and cleaning house and everything, like, you know that decision was more of a Matt Nagy decision this offseason than it was Ryan Pace. Because I think if it was a Ryan Pace decision, he probably would have said, if it was more of a Ryan Pace decision, he probably would have gone out and got a guy like Cam Brady or Bridgewater. That's just my opinion, Jake. I want to know what you think. I, I think your point has validation. I think I think you're absolutely right that Nagy did want Foles, and he was very uh, open about that and very loud about that probably in the offseason. But also I want to answer Chris's question about who, who the fault lies with. And, and and this is why I didn't want to. And, and even yesterday in our text thread, I was trying to kind of play the middleman role here because – we're still three and one. You're still three and one as a team and you're still in a really good position. So you don't have to go with the nuclear option of got to clean house, Mm got to fire everyone. And of course it's easy to do that. It's overreaction Monday. It's called that for a reason. Um, But at the end of the day, you're still have a a two games over 500. You still have a lot of season left. And I, I know it's hard to think bears fans, especially like, Oh, well we've given this offense so much time and we have, and that's true. But also, I'm not going to let one one game dictate the rest of the season when there are still so many games left, when there still are 12 games left, and you're very early on, and what you're hoping for is going to be a playoff situation, a playoff team. But to answer Chris's question, I think the fault for yesterday lies with multiple people. I think it lies with Matt Nagy. I think it lies with the quarterback. I think it lies with the offensive line. And I think, and the, it, credit to them, I think it lies with just the Indianapolis Colts defense being a really, really good top five unit. So I think it's a lot of things. I think it's Matt Nagy thinking that, okay, uh, here we are. And, but then I think he shuts down when things aren't going his way. And I think he just strips all the creativity, all you know, the bells and whistles from the system and goes just straight basics when things aren't going their way. I don't know if that's his way of trying to get some rhythm or trying to get something going, but clearly that hasn't worked. It's also on the quarterback, on Nick Foles, because there were throws he didn't make that he should have made, and there were some bad decisions. And it's also on the offensive line, because there was absolutely no protection, nothing for the running game to do, no time for Foles to really sit back and make those long reads or make you know adjustments inside the pocket after the ball is snapped. So I, I think it's a lot of different ways. There's no one real answer here. You could go a couple different ways, but to transition into kind of our preview a little bit like if the bears come out and win on thursday and score 28 points we're gonna be happy as clams yeah but well here's the problem and then here's the question for what will happen on that game is is what was the reasoning for those 28 points you look at the first three games that the bears won 
all of those wins came off of purely talent from the players. You don't look at a single one of those games and see, oh, what a well-coached game from Matt Nagy. He really, he really did a great job of getting our, you know, he, wow, what a great job from Matt Nagy getting those plays on there. It was just simply players making plays. Like Mitch Trubisky, a great throw to Anthony Miller. Nick Foles, unbelievable throw to Anthony Miller. Uh, that fine. Like none of those wins are attributed to Matt Nagy, but the loss. Yeah, that can be attributed to Matt Nagy. So that's where I see the difference there is the wins are simply because the players are talented and they're playing well and they're doing their thing on the field. The loss, though, like, yeah, the players sometimes were making plays, but more of it is on Nagy and the losses than it is him when they win, like, if, if that makes any sense at all. So if the Bears do win on on, on uh, Thursday, rather, and they do score 28 points, it better be because the offense, he schemed a great offense, he schemed well, the team was ready to play, they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter, they didn't let it take the foot off the gas pedal, they played well all four quarters, and they were just doing all the right things, and it was a well-coached game. So that's how I'm going to evaluate how the Bears play on Thursday. I, I hope they win, and I hope they win in large fashion and score a lot of points, but if it's you know, chuck the ball to Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson goes up, makes an incredible catch for all four touchdowns. Like, that's not Matt Nagy doing his thing. And if it happens all in the fourth quarter, that's not Matt Nagy getting his team ready to play. So, you know, I I hope the Bears win, but you have to look. That that's the way I'm looking at it. I don't know if that's the wrong way to look at it, but I don't look at any of those three wins and say Matt Nagy was the reason those happened. I real quick, Chris, I just want to interject here. Um, before you answer as I think coaching is a largely thankless job in general, though, I think that's that just kind of comes with the territory where when you win, Oh, it's great. And you want to look at the highlights. And of course that's the players. But then when you lose, you want to, you know, tear down, you want to, you know, break everything down to the studs and really look at it. And then of course that's when the coach comes under fire. So I think it's a thankless job, but you're also correct. A lot of the thing, like what we remember from the wins are specific plays. Like you said, the lions game and the Falcons game, obviously the pass breakup to end the Giants game so yeah you're absolutely correct but I think that maybe that is the wrong way to look at it for evaluating success look Jake I I definitely agree with the point that you know it shouldn't be the end of the world because we're three and one um but like I'm basically using Kevin's point to disagree with you here Jake because because man like this is how I'm viewing it this is the Colts were the first Real test for for the Bears. Not even real test, the the only test. Their only good team we've played so far. And they completely folded. Like, we we got dominated. And, I mean, am I crazy for saying that? Like, I feel like we got dominated. dominated. Yeah. So, and I mean, like, that mixture of that and the fact, you know, we just talked about the offense not really doing much for the last, you know, through 2019, from 2019 until this day. And it's like, you know, what is it really, you know, the Bears winning those games or, or is it just, you know, some miraculous? Because, look, we played. Do you guys agree that we played three pretty bad teams? Sure. Sure. And, and it's like now you have the Colts and the Buccaneers. That's why I'm giving I'm giving the Bears one more week, one more week, because these are the two best teams we would have played in the, the, by far, in my opinion. And two teams that I think, you know, have a shot of, of making a, a run. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait until the Buccaneers game. But, you know, I, I don't view it as like we're three and one. You know, things shouldn't be, you know, people shouldn't be complaining all that much because, you know, with the way it's looking, it, it's I mean, it's only going to it's only going to get harder from here. So. Sure. And that's fair, because but I think to kind of counterpoint what you said um, about the first real test, I think then. You know, to my earlier point, you win this week. This is your second real test against a th- also three and one team that's won three in a row. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and their Buccaneers and Bruce Arians. And you know, you win that, then you're one and one against competitive teams, against teams that are likely playoff teams. So then it's kind of like, okay, you split against teams that are likely playoff teams, and then you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And that's what sports really, not even just football, are all about. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and hold your own is split be average against the teams that maybe are supposed to be more of a test. And I think then you see your competent team. Now, if they lose this game, then you're thinking, okay, yeah, we have a real issue here. But I think if they come out on Thursday against a likely playoff bound Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then I think again, like I said earlier, you're happy and you're thinking, all right, now we're on to week five. We're on to the next week. We're on the next game because you know, we beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. My whole thing with this is I honestly think the reason Bears fans are complaining so much is because 
let's be honest, in the back of our minds, you know, these first three weeks, like how many times did you really say like, damn, like we kind of got lucky there? Like, because I, you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it stems from that. That's why people are kind of very pessimistic right now, because it was like, I think many people do have that view, like it was the first real test. But you're you're completely you're completely correct with the uh, with the Tampa Bay game. Like if they come out and win that, then you know I think we can be a little bit more middle groundy, if that makes sense. But you know I, I I definitely see where it stems from. But I do agree with you. I think people need to maybe calm down a bit. Yeah, I mean you are three and one. You're hopefully atop the division if uh, the, the Packers lose. Um, and I think next week will determine a lot. But if you want to win next week, the one thing that needs to happen more than anything is you got to come out with energy. Phillip Rivers in the post-game press conference uh, after the Colts game said, oh, yeah, we, we simply had more energy then, came in with more energy, had more energy the whole game. And, like, he, he just shook that off. Like, it was, it was not even a debate on whether there was more energy. How does that happen? Like, I, I just want to know how that happens. You well, come in your home uh, field. To, you're to be fair. It's hard to have more energy than oh, Philip Rivers. Okay, okay, come that guy's on. But like, like, that guy's one of the most high-energy yes. humans ever. He's he's a psycho, I think is how you would put it. That guy's an absolute yes, psycho. But I think he's talking about the team in general. Like, lethargic. I mean, the Bears look lethargic. Like, that's the problem, too. Is like, it wasn't... Uh, like, I don't, I don't... I'm not going to say the Bears didn't play their hearts out or anything like that. But, like, you just didn't feel the determination that whole game. Khalil Mack drops an interception... Players are dropping balls all over the field. They're going three and out every time. Like, it wasn't a hard-fought loss. Like, and that's what I think can cha- could change the narrative about some tough losses like that when you play a good team. It's like, okay, you lose. It, technically, that game was a one-score game. You lose a one-score game against a good team, but you played your damn hard out. You left it all on the field. You made all the plays that you could. Uh, it just didn't work out for you that game. It just didn't, you know, come down to it that way at the end. That that wasn't the case in that game. It was like you were simply dominated, and the team looked lethargic. They didn't look ready to play. Uh, you didn't make any big plays the whole game, other than Al Robinson's uh, catch in the end zone. Like that's that's the problem. Is like they had no energy, and that's I think the reason why you're seeing fans react the way they are is because of the way that game played out, the way that they lost. Like I'm trying to think of another example of a loss we kind of had last season or something that wasn't such a deflating loss where we fought hard. Um, I'll, I'll think of one, but it, I mean, that's quite frankly, the way a lot of losses were last year, right? Uh, Sandy, our Los Angeles chargers loss was like that. The Rams loss was like that. And that's like kind of the theme, right? Is when they lose a game, it's never like, and you're never going to be happy about a loss. I, that's not what I'm trying to say is you should be happy about a loss, but there's a different feeling about certain losses versus other ones, especially when they're in one score games like this, like you shouldn't feel that bad if you fought as hard as you could and you only lost by one score. Like that's usually one play in the game that could go your way, but that just didn't feel that way in this one. But let's, uh, let's switch to the quarterback. Can we do that? Let's, let's talk about the quarterback situation here. If we have the time for it, are we okay to do this? Is, is it cleared? No. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're good. All right. Let's get into it. Not now. Now. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Um, I, I, I personally, and you guys are gonna wildly disagree with this. I see no justification for Nick Foles to be the starter on Thursday. Will he be the starter on Thursday? Yes, he will. There's no guarantee. There's no doubt he will be the starter on Thursday. Is there justification for it for me? Absolutely not. Do play like garbage on Sunday. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Play like garbage. Sure, 259 yards shows up on the box score because he throws garbage time 75 yard passes to Allen Robinson or a total of 75 yards there but he played like garbage he brought nothing to the table what we always talk what we talked about on this podcast for the past four months ever since they signed Nick Foles was the higher floor right what does Nick Foles bring to the table the higher floor I didn't see no high floor I saw nothing out of him that showed me at a high floor he's missing five yard out routes left and right when he gets pressure in the pocket, he's running all over the place. He's throwing it out of bounds. He's not making spectacular plays like Mitch sometimes can. I don't see any type of high floor there. So he plays like garbage. The Bears lose in that fashion. Brings nothing to the table. Mitch Trubisky's 2-0. Sure, wasn't the greatest football being played. To me, there's absolutely zero justification for him to be the quarterback on Thursday. And if he plays bad on Thursday, zero justification for him to be the quarterback on Thursday, uh, on the weeks after that. But that's my take on it. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I really don't, because I, in my opinion, this is really just who he is. It, I, you know, he, 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 he's just a very average quarterback. You know, he'll have his flashes of being above average. But I mean, it, it's Nick Foles, man. Like, I just don't get that. That's kind of one reason why I'm not completely just 
just going crazy because it's it, it like this is what I expected. And I know you guys you guys remember me saying that like it, it I wanted Cam Newton and I did not want Nick Foles because I felt Nick Foles was literally just, you know, Nick Foles like that. that there, you don't have to say more than that. I mean, people are getting. People were getting so hyped when, when you know, he was named a starter. And it's like, dude, like, I mean, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment at that point. But, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I get it, uh, Kevin. I, I completely agree with you. Like, I, I didn't see that high floor at all. But, you know, I'm willing to give him one more week. I, I think it's vi- I think it'd be really unfair to pull him after one game. I, I You know what I mean? Like, I... We've given we've given um, Mitch Trubisky a short leash. I don't even think this is a leash at all if you pull him after this game. But like you pull Mitch Trubisky after one interception, like he played well the first two weeks. Like like what? Like come on! Like you. It's, back to, it's back to Nagy. It's not the thing is it's not exactly. our decision. That's it's exactly. back, he made this. He made this scheme. He made this coaching staff all four fulls. You said it earlier. Pace, you know, he was telling him, go get Nick Foles, go get Nick Foles. We can be successful, Nick Foles. Um, I also agree with Kevin that, uh, you know, Mitch had two and a half games. They're going to give Foles at least that, if not more than that, because Nagy, it, it just it just goes back to that. It just goes back to Nagy trusts him. For whatever reason, he doesn't trust Trubisky, um, whether that's warranted or not. And you could but argue you that that's way. the issue. I hate to interject, but isn't well, that the grander that, issue? That's, right. And that's the thing. And that's, I think, why you're saying, because I was going to say this when Chris was saying uh, his point or making his point about the lethargic players. I think the players get lethargic because there's no faith. They're thinking, OK, well, at some point we're going to get another new quarterback. And what's the point? Because flip flop, flip flop. You know, it's like a, it's like that episode of The Office where Michael Scott's talking about having the three vasectomies. He goes, snip, snap, snip, snap. And you just like, that's what it is. You know, there's just no consistency. There's no, there's nothing there. And I think that's where you get the lethargic players. That's where you get the guys that don't have faith in the team and they feel like they don't have anything to play for because it doesn't matter anymore. You know, oh, we get this quarterback or we get that quarterback. It's not going to matter. And, you know, the offensive line, who are we blocking for? Either way, it's the same result. So I think that's that's just what you're going to get. I think, yeah, and I said this at the time. I still think Foles in the long run will give you the higher floor, but I do disagree with the decision to yank Mitch at the time that you did. And now you may, you're for what, whichever way it goes, you're going to either have to pay the price or reap the benefits of that, no matter which way it goes. Because I think if you go back, you completely lose the rest of the team. I think you lose Cleo Mack. You lose uh, I think you mentally lose those guys. If you go back, if you go back to Mitch. Yeah. I think I, I, I could not disagree more. I, what, what? I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I kind of, I kind of am siding with Jake here. I, I really, because listen, listen. I, I think this kind of is just piggybacking off Jake. But it, what does it show if you just keep flip flopping court? Like it literally shows that n- nobody knows what the hell's going on. Like, I, like that's really what exactly. it shows. Exactly. And, That's what I'm saying. Like the players, you know, Cleo Mack signed on to this thinking they'd be a contender and it's just gone downhill in the two years he's been here. So, uh, yeah, I, that's my point. I think that you're sending the wrong message and you just think, all right, well, what are we playing for? And then they just check out. You mentally check out because then also, like we've been talking about, you think the all right, well, if there's a bad season, Nagy's gone and you can try it again in a year. So Bears lose five straight. And you still want Nick Foles to be the quarterback? At that point, at that point, just get ready to blow it all up. Yeah, at that point, at that point, tank for Justin Fields. You lose five in a row, give me Justin Fields then. I mean, how revealing is this about Matt Nagy then? Like, he doesn't, like, I don't know if I'm willing to say he's not. I think if they lose five, Nagy's gone. That's what I'm saying. In that scenario, Nagy's gone anyway. Sure, sure. But, like, scrap the five-game scenario, like, here. Like, look what has happened the first four weeks now. And I think it, like, how do you not, what I don't understand is, how do you just not like? I know you want Foles to be in there, okay? I know you want Foles to be in there and all that, but how do you not stand behind your quarterback after two weeks? And like, I don't buy. I really don't buy the narrative that players weren't wanting to play for Trubisky after like going through that and looking at that, look, watching the Khalil Mack video, the way he approached Trubisky in that Nagy game. I remember you guys saw that video. All these things, the way they talk about him, I think that's absolute bullshit to think that the players didn't want to continue to play for Mitch Trubisky during that Falcon game sure they are a little bit lethargic because they weren't playing well I don't think that was because Mitch Trubisky wasn't holding up his end of the bargain I really don't believe that so I don't think it's all this crap about 
oh, you know, the players are going to be so, you know, they're not going to know what the hell is going on out here. Like the players, at the end of the day, the players want to win games. And that's why, and like, look, the players may have been happy that Nick Foles was brought in against the Falcons because it helped them win the game. If it means Mitch Trubisky comes in and it means they're going to win games, so be it. Who effing cares? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, the reason, if Matt Nagy continues to show blind loyalty towards Nick Foles, it just goes to show you he's not willing to ride behind his players. The fact that he had zero faith in Mr. Bisky coming into the season is the biggest issue of them all. Like, I hope everybody understands that that's the biggest issue. He was not willing to work through Trubisky's mistakes this year. And, you know, rightfully so. If it was that bad, I don't blame him. But it simply wasn't that bad. He had two wins. He had a bad half of the Falcons game. Could he have turned it around? Hell yeah, he could have turned it around. He did it in week one. Like, he simply wasn't ready to ride for his guy. And that, I think, is the biggest issue of them all. What a great coach does is they take what they're given and they ride with him. And they say, you know what? We're going to put all of our chips into you and we are going to ride with you and we're going all in on you. He didn't do that. And now he's going to show this blind loyalty towards Nick Foles because this is his guy and yada, 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 the system. And he knows the offense and all this crap. But he, even if he continues to miss five-yard outs, it's going to be blind loyalty, blind loyalty. I don't want to go back to Mitch Trubisky because I don't, I don't like him. All this crap. It's terrible. That's the, that's the, that's possibly the worst quality a head coach can have. Not going all in on the players that you have. Yeah, and and you know, like I, in a way, I'm I'm kind of glad it's playing out this way because if Mitch doesn't play, um, you know, the rest of the season, or you know, if Nick Foles gets a good amount of time as a starter, um, they're really there aren't excuses for Matt Nagy. There just are not any excuses. So in a way, like I'm happy because it's going to back him into a corner. So uh, if he doesn't, you know, show himself, if Nagy doesn't, you know, improve his play calling and, and if the offense doesn't look better, I think you have every reason to fire him at the end of the year. If, if the bears, you know, aren't where they, where they'd like to be. Let me interject and say one, one more thing here, Jake. Do you guys notice what we're talking about on this episode? Do you guys notice what we're talking about here and the, the time we've talked about Matt Nagy versus the time we've talked about Nick Foles? Do you guys understand what we would be talking about if Mitch Trubisky played the way he did on Sunday and the time we'd be talking about Mitch Trubisky versus the time we'd be talking about Nick Foles? So I I am unhappy with the way Matt Nagy played. Uh, coached his team yesterday I've been pretty much I'm happy with the way he coached them all this year and last year but this is where I say like I was so ready to end the quarterback I was so ready to end the conversation about the quarterbacks and give it up but I I can't do that because it's so unfair now because we're not doing we're not talking about Nick Foles the way people would talk about Mitch Trubisky if this was the same situation is that fair to say because I think that's completely fair to say if Mitch Trubisky did the way Foles did they'd be Bashing him. I, I think this Dude. show has always been very fair to Mitch as far as criticizing him or not criticizing him. Yeah, I'm talking I about think if general. you're talking in the I think if you're talking about the broader scope of things, yes. But I think this show specifically, I think we would still be talking sure. about Nagy regardless. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I I mean, uh Kevin, you remember I we were talking about this before, you know, the, the entire week. Like Oh yeah, yeah. This was it this was gonna happen. This was always gonna happen. Like the moment Nick Foles comes in and, you know, if he didn't play good against the Colts, we were, we were talking about it. Like, everybody's going to talk about, oh, Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy. It's not going to be the quarterback like it was when it was Mitch. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I just I find that pretty hilarious because, you know, we all saw it coming from a mile away. But, um, you know, I think there are deeper problems. So I'm, I'm, I'm also happy, like, the, line, the, the light is being shined towards that right now. Right. I think in that game in general, like you said, it was the first real test and Nagy got exposed and people are finally starting to put the pieces together of who's really to blame here. So, yeah, I think uh, if you don't get a playoff spot, I think he's gone. And I think you just try to do a, a quick retool. I don't know what that would call for. Maybe you try and sign Cam Newton or something if the Patriots let him go, if they're fooling enough foolish enough to do that or what you do. But I think you have to go playoffs or you redo the coaching staff. Um but looking at this Bucks game, because I do want to talk about it a little yeah. more and put some time on that, because like we've said, you win this game and everything you're back to you're at four and one and, you know, things are back to sunshine and rainbows. Um, the pa- the the Patriots. Well, I'm thinking of Tom Brady and still associating with the Patriots. That's on me. Um, so the Patriots have won. God did it again. The Buccaneers have won three in a row. They lost that opening week game to the Saints, as we all saw, and now they've beaten the Pan- the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Thursday night, primetime against the Bears. The Bucks are going to be missing a lot of guys. It looks like O.J. Howard's going to miss the entire season now. 
Uh, Chris Godwin looks like he's going to miss it. Mike Evans is playing banged up. Uh, I think only one other defensive player showed up on the injury report today. But that being said, you know, if you if the Bucks are limping into this game, you got to at least make I mean, you got to at least cover. I don't know what the spread on this is yet, but I mean, you got to keep it within one score at least. Right. Yeah, I mean, you. I, yeah. You hope. You hope. Yes. <laughs> the, the, That's what fair. I don't know is why aren't people talking about the Buccaneers the way they're talking about the Bears? Who have the Buccaneers beat? That's impressive. The Panthers are garbage. The Chargers are promising with Justin Herbert, but they're nothing special. Uh, the Broncos are one of the most depleted teams in the league. Uh, those are the three teams you said they beat, right? Yes. They yes. They their only losses and, to the Saints. And then in their real test, they lost. Sounds like the exact same situation to the Bears. So I don't know why people are out here crowning the Buccaneers and giving them all the clout and protecting them to destroy the Bears in this game. I don't see it playing out that way. They haven't done anything uh, other than score a few more points than the Bears. They haven't done anything, you know, shocking to me. So I'm not I'm not afraid of the. Are you kidding? I'm not afraid of the Buccaneers. People are coming here so afraid of the Buccaneers because Tom Brady threw five touchdowns and and they beat the the Los Angeles Chargers. But look, Justin rookie Justin Herbert carved up the in his fourth it was his fourth game his uh yeah his fourth game carved up the Buccaneers or his third game actually his third game Tyler Taylor was week one in his mm-hmm. third game carved up the Buccaneers defense for thirty one points. I mean, it, it, look, if, if, if the Bears don't put up points against this Buccaneers defense after a rookie just carved him up last week, then there's definitely some issues. But no, I'm not scared of the Buccaneers. They're not a formidable opponent, in my opinion. Their defense, quite frankly, isn't very good. Their offense can be good. But like you said, they're banged up. Chris Godwin may not play. Mike Evans is a little banged up. O.J. Howard out for the season. Gronk is a blocking tight end. He has barely even <laughs> caught any passes at all this year. I'm not afraid of the Buccaneers. Um, so I, I will get into our predictions later, but this is, this is not the Buccaneers team you think it is. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Well, um, let, let's give Justin Herbert credit where he's due. He's very good, but sure. But he's a rookie. Sure. I agree. Yeah. No, um, you know, I, I, I would be completely shocked if the bears won this game. I'm going to keep it honest with you guys. Um, I think Tom Brady is going to pick this defense apart. Um, but he's going to have. When was the last time someone picked this defense? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what you're okay, what are you talking okay. about. Okay, you guys will see. You guys will see. Listen, <laughs> long, grueling drives. That's what the Buccaneers are going to do to this Bears defense. They're going to tire them out and are off. Listen, that Buccaneers team has some playmakers. Okay, and I know they're not a fantastic defense, but there are some players there that are going to make uh, the Bears uh, the Bears night li- a living hell. Um, you know, Antoine Winfield, the rookie out of Minnesota, the safety, the guy that I wanted on the Bears is the guy that we all right wanted. Now. Yeah, he's absolutely balling out right now. And then you have JPP, you have uh, Shaq Barrett, you have Vita Vea. Those guys are, I mean, look what the Colts did to our offensive line. Like, it, it, I, I'm, I don't know how you guys can, can say that, uh, you know, about the Buccaneers when we, we looked how we looked yesterday. I just, you know, on a short week, I, I, I'm not taking the Bears in this game. I'm just letting you guys know that right now. I see. I think so. Why? Why doesn't that favor the Bears, though? We talked about how banded the Buccaneers are. Tom Brady's 100 years old. I yeah, feel like but, a short week favors the Bears. Yeah, I, I, I get it. But but every team we've played so far has had like a key player out, and it hasn't really mattered all that much. Like it, you know what I mean? It hasn't. We haven't been able to exploit that. So I, I'm not really expecting that to change. That's fair. Uh, I think that. Well, I just think if you're looking at it the wrong way, if you think the reason the Bears lose this game is that the defense gets picked apart, quote unquote, because that I mean, I can't even remember the last time the defense was picked apart. No. I, th- I think they'll lose if that defensive line of the Buccaneers gets through and the offensive line plays of the Bears plays as poorly as it did yesterday. I think then, yeah, for sure. But that being said, I can see the Bears winning this game if there's just some kind of competent offense for the defense to rally around. Because you know guys like Cleo Mack and Eddie Jackson are going to be foaming at the mouth to go up against Tom Brady and try to make Tom Brady look foolish. So I think the defense has all the motivation they need. They just need a little a little bit of a spark from the offense, something that they know they're playing behind, an offense that's going to keep them in the game. You know, Just a little nudge so that the defense isn't like out there thinking, all right, we're doing all this for nothing. So the spread is five and a half. I don't I I'm not going to predict the Bears win this game just because I do think the veteran leadership of Arians and Brady and the Bears on the short week and just, you know, reactionary to yesterday's game and how poor they played. I am going to say that the Bucks win this game. I do think the Bears maybe cover, but 
I think it'll be within like a loss, a very close loss, like a, a one score loss probably is what What's I would. What's the spread say. again? Five and a half. I I just want to say something really quick, and I kind of I didn't really mean pick the part. I wasn't implying that the Bears defense is bad or anything like that. I just think with the way this offense is playing, like, and and look what Philip Rivers did to the Bears yesterday. Like it was just they were converting every third down, and the drive just stalled. Dude, 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 dude. Philip Rivers had 190 yards passing at 16 completions and 29. Philip Rivers was not on third down. On third down, the Bears could not get off the field, and that those drives when they continue like that, it's demoralizing, man. It's demoralizing. Of course, because of the offense. Yeah. Well, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, so so it's contingent on the offense again, is what you're saying. Of course, 100. percent Yeah, that that's exactly what I was implying. Much like this last game, you know. And and I'm not even I'm not blaming the defense because it's like, how could you? Really, how could you? But you know, it's just, man, it's it really looks like the the poor offense is starting to to show in the defense. Like, and, and I feel like we've been we've done really. We've done a really good job of kind of, you know, the, the defense has done a good job of, of overcoming that, but I feel like it's starting to show now. Right. Well, and, and the, well, then you're going to get into those issues of last season where it was late in the season and the defense was kind of just you know taking plays off because there was no offense to support, support them. So that's what I'm saying. I could see the Bears winning this game if there is some competent offense and you could score some points and give the defense something to rally around and say, OK, we have the guys on the other side of the ball are doing their job. Let's step it up and play as well as we know we can so we can get a win here before we talk great about the defense and everything, they got to make plays too. I mean, that is the most important thing. Khalil, in what universe is Khalil Mack dropped that interception? I was so baffled. Like, Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Khalil Mack doesn't drop that. And then like, just, yeah. And then a few tough breaks with Roquan in the end zone and stuff like that. But like, here's like the formula to the beating the Buccaneers is Tom Brady just collapsing, falling apart, throwing interceptions. He's had a pick six in like four of his last six games, like something crazy, crazy. like that. I think I said it was going to be last week. I hope this is Eddie Jackson's week. He finally gets a pick six. But like the Bears defense can very well make Tom Brady's night a living hell. Like, again, this yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, I'll, I think he, I, I, I'm not going to say he's washed up, but Tom Brady's not like we're not talking about a prime Tom Brady here. Yes, he threw five touchdowns yesterday, but it's still not like Tom Brady's threading the needle all over the place. He's throwing lob passes up there where guys are just happen to be open. Like, he, like this is not Tom Brady zipping it in there in every single small hole that you can find. So if the Bears just do their duty, get a little pressure on them, put them on the ground consistently, like. Things can go very south for the Buccaneers because a guy I know the TB12 method and eat your avocados and foam roll and drink your water and all that is great. But you get buried by Khalil Mack twice in the first quarter. Yeah, it's going to be hard to recover from that if you're 45 years old. And that's just the fact of the reality. That's just the reality of any human being, not just Tom Brady, who's the quarterback. Like it's the age is going to take a toll and he's playing fine this year. He's on pace for like 4000 yards and whatnot. But I just. I, I don't think – I think people are – I would just say that I think people are still putting too much stock into Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. But to me, they haven't proved to anything that they have uh, are a formidable opponent. I mean, I guess you could say they're a talented team. But if we're talking about the Bears this way, about how the Bears aren't a great 3-1 team because they haven't played many other great teams. And, oh, the Buccaneers are somehow you know 10 slots above them in the power rankings. That kind of logic doesn't make sense to me. And here's – in. I've been waiting to say this because, and but I think it was most evident this week is the reason why I I think the Bears can go so far. The reason why I still think they can be Super Bowl candidate. The reason why I still think they're a scary opponent is they're probably the most uh, most uncharacteristic team in the NFL. The reason why I say that is this year proving more than any other. This is like it, it is completely an offensive league. It has completely turned into that. Every single game you see, each team is scoring more than twenty points. There's all these yards. I mean, it, it is this. I mean, we've seen that trend, but this year more than ever now I mean teams are putting points at the highest rate in history and the Bears have you know slowed offenses down they're keeping you in the game with their defense so obviously it boils down to the offense but the reason why I think they're such a scary team is no team is going to come out here and shred the Bears defense consistently and they're going to keep you in every single game so they're the perfect mismatch for a lot of those teams that people think are so great like people are crowning the Cleveland Browns great you scored 47 points how many points did you let up 
you'll have 38 points against the Dallas Cowboys. No matter what happens to the Cowboys, if they make the playoffs or not, who cares? You let up 330 yards in the first half against the Browns. When it comes to crunch time and you got to make a play on defense, it's not going to happen. So I think in that sense, there's still a lot there for the Bears on the table and the reason why I think they can still be a scary opponent. Fair enough. Would you guys say, like, like, do you guys think the Bears are better than the Buccaneers, like right now? As a team? Yes. Overall, as a team, like, okay, so on paper, they're a better team, okay? I think they have more talent um, on the defensive side of the ball that outweighs a little bit of the things on the offense. Um, okay, maybe they don't have more talent. Now that I'm kind of going through it. Maybe they don't have more talent. But the reason, I, you know. I would but, say like, the Bears have the better defense, but offense and coaching obviously. the Bucks are better. Exactly. But like, yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying is like you, you, the Bucks may have a slightly better team on paper, but the reason why you think they're a much better team is not just because of the quarterback, but I think because of the coach, right? Because of Bruce right. Arians was yes. the reason well, that makes them such a better team. Uh, I mean, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. But he, okay. You said, who would you take the bears offense or the Buccaneers defense? Let's break it down that way. Bucks, defense. Uh, the Buccaneers defense. And that's and that's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not man. I, I just it's shameful. It's so shameful. I, I can't believe we're sitting here having the same conversations we were having last season. Um, it's just man, I, I'm I'm it's it's almost like I have one foot out the door with this team. Like, I'm going to be completely honest because nothing changes. I mean, what what do we have to be positive about? Like, realistically, what? No, well, that's why I think we do. I think the defense is still something to be positive about. Fair, fair, yeah. I mean, I mean you like. Uh, I mean, I'll, said, I'll, I'll, I'll never be worried about the defense because the defense is terrible. I'll be worried about the defense because the offense can't do anything. Yeah, but that's so bad. It's such a bad way. I mean, I, I can't believe that that's the way it is, but it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's oh god. And we we thought that this year was gonna be the year that it was gonna change. And let's be honest, but see, but mm, here's the thing, guys. We thought it was changing the first two weeks, right? We thought it was it, – it, we didn't even think it was changing. It was changing. The, the running game was fluid. They were making yeah. plays. Offensive line looked great. And I'm not, I'm not putting it all on Nick Foles, but the moment Nick Foles comes in for, as a starter, what happens? It all goes to crap. So it's Well, like, that's not, that's not yeah, technically I, true, I, all things speaking. It kind of is technically true. What do you mean? It's first, like, the, dude, this is, the moment look, Nick not, Foles came in, you came back and won a game. That's, that's not true. They're like garbage in the third quarter. The moment he came in in the fourth quarter, they won a game. But here's the problem. Like, I'm not, I'm almost at the point where I'm not ready to even, I'm not ready to even talk about that anymore because I don't care about it. It doesn't, to me, it means nothing. You want to why, and this is what I said last week, it means nothing to me because Nick Foles has done that his whole career as a backup. Great. You know, maybe the formula is just putting Mitch Trubisky in there for three quarters and then have Nick Foles do the fourth quarter because he's a god awful starter but he's a phenomenal backup what he did on the last week two weeks whatever it is against Atlanta was great because he was a backup in that situation as a starter he has no effing clue what he's doing out there he looks like he looks terrible I don't I really have no reason I don't know why that's the case you would think that Man, it would be I, okay, but start to cut you off. But 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 I was just gonna say, man, like like what do you guys think that is? Because like I don't think that's a coincidence that when he starts he's terrible, but yeah. when he comes in as a backup he's good. Like that can't be a coincidence at this point. Like I just is it just mental? Like like I don't think it. it's gotta be. Can't like, man, that, that's that's crazy, man. It's not that he can't live up to the moment. The guy won an effing Super Bowl MVP. It's just I don't. I it's I like I said. I have no explanation because this dude but was although, at the I, highest in, level. In, in that same vein, though, I mean, like he came in as a backup. BS off Carson Wentz, and then but then he started all those games after. So like, somewhere in there, you there's like somewhere is that gear. We just like yeah. he's just kind of fun. And, and that's my point. You know, if he comes, that's what I've been trying to say. If he comes in, he plays well against the Buccaneers, and it keeps playing well. Then this conversation is wiped away. We're gonna have to scrub this episode from the record because yeah. you know. And again, it's overreaction Monday. This is you know the business that we live in that we work in. But I mean, you know, and that's why I think we just got to roll with it. Because if, if he beats the Buccaneers, if Nick Foles plays well against the Buccaneers, we just said about the Buccaneers defense, Anton Winfield Jr., uh, JPP, Vadavea, all those guys. That's a good team. That's a good defense. So if he plays well and gets you a win. Then I mean you're looking at again four and one you're thinking all right uh, I I think the Panthers 
our next after that, then you think, all right, we get beat up on the Panthers next week. So yeah. I, I just think that this is this thing could change so quickly. But I mean, all all of your complaints, Kevin, everything that we've said that's been critical of this team has been valid based off this one this small sample size that we have. And the thing is, the sample size is just going to grow and grow with each week, and then you know those criticisms might get more and more valid, or they might not. And again, that's just the, that's just the world we live in. Yeah. Look, you're only feeling phenomenal, I think, about the way the Bears win on Thursday. If well, well, first I'll say, if they do win and Nick Foles puts up points and plays well, I don't want to see anybody crowning him again. I don't because what's the I, I'll go that, back that's to that's fandom, I said every Kevin. That's what no, happens. No, it's not. No, it's not. Do that. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. What they do. Yes. You ride. You ride the highs of a win. Yes. And you and yes. you ride the lows of of losses. That's just what happens. That's sports. That's how you feel. But, that's what. That's what sports makes you feel. That's how it goes. And yeah, there are going to be some people who say, yeah, see, we told you it's Foles the whole way. And, but there's going to be also people like us who think, okay, he improved and that's good to see, but let's see it keep going and keep building off of it in the future weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the reason why I wasn't so fandom after the Atlanta game. Like I really took that game with a grain of salt because it all boiled down to consistency. And that's why I'm going to take it with a grain of salt if they beat the Buccaneers because great, you did it. Good job. Do it next week. Do it the week after. Yeah. Or during the game on uh, uh, Thursday, do it for all four quarters. If it's another fourth quarter comeback, you know, great. Jesus, man, if that's the way you got to win football games, so be it. And if that means a win on the column, I'll take it any day of the week. But for, geez, man, can we get one, like one game of four quarters of consistency? If that's like, if you want to take any going into the game on Thursday, if you're a fan listening to this episode, throw out all your notes, throw out everything. The one thing you should be looking for is can the Bears play motivated? Can the Bears play good, hard-nosed football for four straight quarters? And I challenge them to do that because they have not been able to do that. And that's a hard thing to do. I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do in the NFL. It's very, very hard to do, especially in a game of football where you're getting thrown around and it's hard in the fourth quarter and, and you've been all over the field for you know 60 straight minutes. But four quarters of great football, if they do that on Thursday and Nick Foles looks great and they play well for fourth for four quarters – that would make me encouraged about the team going forward more than anything. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with all that. I, I think you know consistency's always been the thing. So you know it, it just I it would be nice to get a good stretch of games against some good teams. I think that would, I think that would have us all feeling very optimistic. But you know until that happens, like I, I mean I, like like I said earlier, like I don't see the Bears winning this game. But if they do, I, I'm like Kevin. I'm taking this with a grain of salt. Like I feel like you have to at this point. Sure. So that being said, let's do predictions to wrap things up. Bears prime time against the Buccaneers Thursday night. Spread is five and a half. I do. I, I have to go with my head on this one. I think the Bears lose this game. I think they lose at 17-10. I didn't go with my head last week. I should have picked the Colts. I did not. Ex- I, I, I didn't go with my head. I thought the Bears would maybe sneak something out and the offense would maybe look different, but I didn't truly believe that. This game, I'm going to go with my full belief. I think the Bears are going to win. I think they win 23-20. And the reason why I think that's going to happen is, like you said, like Tom Brady, I, I've said it before, he's an old guy, short week, they're banged up. The Bears this year, whatever you want to say, the only thing they have going for them, uh, they have a few other things going for them, but the main thing they have going for them, they've been very good at rebounding, okay? They've been very good at rebounding after a tough quarter, um, after we haven't seen that game to game, but mostly after quarters. And maybe that's a quality, we talked about that being a very good quality of the team, and maybe that is a true quality that they have. So I think they rebound good. I think they come ready to play. I think they're the more healthy team. I think they're a little bit hungrier, a little bit more motivated. I think to come out here and they make life hard for Tom Brady. And I think they really put them on the ground. They play hard-nosed football for four quarters, and they sneak out a 23-20 win. That's my prediction. Uh, I think they moved to 4-1. Um, I'm going to go 20-14 to 14, uh, Buccaneers. Um, I just think, you know, like Kevin or like Jake brought up earlier, the experience of Brady and Arians, like I, I just I, I can't see the combo of Nagy and Foles outdoing them. Like I, I just – it just seems very unrealistic in my head anytime I try to picture it. Um, you know, and, and and look, the Buc- Buccaneers have a pretty good offense, I would say, um, with Brady there and, and like we just talked about, Arians. And I think the Bears have a great defense. But when you look at the other side, like we talked about, you know, it's the Buccaneers defense versus the Bears offense. I'm taking the Buccaneers defense any day of the week until we see some consistency. Um, so, yeah, 2014 Buccaneers for me. 
Yeah, I, I think, and obviously we'd be kind of frauds if we picked the Bears every week. So I think this was needed, but uh, I mean, hopefully we're wrong and hopefully we could come back next week with better news uh, than what we had this week. Hopefully we're coming in with an episode recapping a win next time. And, you know, we hope you'll be here with us too, to talk that through, you know, positive or negatives, we're always going to bring it to you. So thank you for listening as always. And for myself, for Chris and for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation podcast. See you next time and bear down.